Critical Wits Podcast. La 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 la. Critical Wits. Critical Wits. You got some wits. You got some us. It's us. We're Critical Wits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Tim. I'm your host. And also your host is this other person. Who are you? I'm Crispy. I'm your host. Hey, you know who else is the host? Me. Wow. I did it. Yeah! 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 I hey. solved the mystery. Hey, guess what? What? We're gonna talk about Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, yeah. They like it when we talk about Dungeons & Dragons. They don't like it so much when we talk about other stuff. <laughs> They're always like, oh, why do you gotta spend the entire episode on dumb Indiana Jones jokes? But, like, Indiana Jones is the best D&D movie ever made. Yeah. It's got traps. It's got uh, monsters in the form of Nazis. Yeah, uh, like, the real monster is man. Yeah. But also Nazis. Let me tell you something. I've spent a lot of time studying the Holocaust. <laughs> you okay? Nazis are pretty fucked. Yeah, it's just, that's all we, that's all we ever talk about, man. It's just, <laughs> if you learn German, it's always the Holocaust. It's, it's been three years now. It's just... Holocaust. Since the Holocaust? It's yeah. been longer than that. No. Uh, do you remember the time tunnel from last episode? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 That's probably why you're still so sore about it. It's just it's the Holocaust. It's bad. It is bad. But we're not here to talk about that, thankfully. We're here to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. And something else that's morally bankrupt. Stealing. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Indiana Jones, he steals stuff. It's true. He steals stuff all the time. We yeah. still like him. Yeah. Uh, he, he's like, this belongs in a museum! Yeah, and by a museum, he means he's gonna steal it. Yeah. Um, so today... Oh, before we get into that, hey, do you like giving people free money for making things? I sure like being the recipient of free money for making things. Ah, well, if you want to help us out and give us money for making things for free for you... For free. For free. For you. For you! Then you can go to our Patreon page. Patreon line at www.patreon.com. Slash critical wit. Is that how it goes? Uh, maybe. I don't know. You can figure it out. We have the link on our website, too. Um, give us money. Yeah. If you give to our Patreon, we'll get more frequent episodes, more content, and you get to be a part of the show. <gasps> Vote on topics. Be a guest host. Just, 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 we do this for you. Anyway, about our actual topic. Uh, We're talking about plagiarism today. Yeah, but uh, maybe not in the way you think. Because we're not here to, like, talk about, you know, like, MLA citations. Or, like, uh, the annotated bibliography. No, we're here to talk about stealing things from popular media or media you enjoy which might not always be the same thing, and using them in your own home Dungeons & Dragons game. A thing Tim and I do a lot <laughs> is we steal things from, like, other things. It's true, because it's pretty tough being 100% original all the time. Yeah. And you don't want to waste all your creative energy on an audience of, like, three to five people. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, huh. What? I just now realized that I haven't, like, written anything creatively outside of, like, a D&D thing <laughs> in, like, a decade. Oh. <laughs> you know what the, the last thing I wrote? 
was a research paper about oh. juggalos. About ju- <laughs> That's true. I remember the juggalo times. <laughs> yeah. And you seriously considered becoming a juggalo at one point? I thought point? about it, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you almost did. Yeah. What stopped you from being a juggalo, Christy? Um, turns out I'm allergic to grease paint. Oh. So after the first gathering, I uh, oh you broke I out. Do, yeah, it was bad. It was, uh, yeah, I had like, like a, uh, I had a twisted, wicked clown smile, uh, <laughs> but in rash form for days. Oh man, well I guess. But I'm still uh, down to clown. Okay. Whoop whoop. Fair enough. So yeah, um, basically stealing other things from p- popular media and using them in your D&D home game has been happening ever since D&D was invented and they yeah. took stuff from popular media well, and put it in their D&D home game. Not even that. Like, okay, so the Greyhawk campaign setting is literally just, like, the Twin Lakes area in friggin' Michigan. It is? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. They plagiarized from real life. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, Sir Fang... Like, the vampire, I'm pretty sure he was Dracula. Well, every vampire's Dracula. Yeah. Or, That's like, why vampires are called Draculas. Yeah. Like, you can have a vampire, and he's a vampire, but multiple vampires, Draculas. Draculas. Um, <laughs> Plural. Yeah, even like, uh, we talked about this in the mailbag episode, uh, the original barbarian was just Conan the Barbarian. It's true. Uh, and please, again, write in if you know why... <laughs> Why nowadays barbarians are like these weird berserker things? <laughs> Doesn't me. <it? sighs> Anyways, um, yeah. So like stealing stuff and using them in your home game—that's like that's totally kosher. Yeah, and it can lead to a lot of really interesting, memorable things. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, really, your players can't tell the difference between something you came up with whole cloth and something you just um, decided like loosely adapted from something else you enjoy so there's really no point reinventing the wheel mm-hmm. i guess what i'm saying i mean like if you want to get really deep into it you can go into like <laughs> ken bellian mythology with like the hero's journey and like the monomyth <laughs> kind of things and i don't know enough about that kind of stuff so i'm not gonna go deep into it no we're but... gonna go really shallow into it yeah. actually um so uh we're just gonna we're gonna get up to like our knees yeah we're wearing shorts so we don't have to worry about getting our clothes wet yeah yeah but it's like gonna be really irritating because you can't put your socks back on for a while unless you want wet socks so everybody has to wait around for your legs to dry out oh yeah and you're also on the beach so you're like you're walking on sand and like your feet are wet so it's just getting stuck there yeah and you're gonna be pulling sand out of your feet yeah no way that everybody now knows i never actually went to the beach (laughs) no no, I've been to the beach. I've been uh, to Dog Beach. That's the best beach. Do you know that, why it's the best beach? Is that a beach for dogs? Yes. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it is and awesome. And adorable. It was adorable. Uh-uh. A dog ran on my chest, and it was adorable. Well, okay, okay. It was okay. a small dog. Was there like a was there a big burly dog who was like, uh, like you know when they dig, but mm. they dig so the dirt goes like behind their back legs. <laughs> like there was another dog who was like his owner was like. Lay down, and he did, and then the big dog came and shuffled, <laughs> shoveled sand into his face, and then stole his dog girlfriend. No. Did that happen? Um, yes. Excellent. Anyway, me and Crispy have done this a fair number of times. Not the beach thing. We've uh, stolen ideas from stuff we like in yeah. order to use them for a D&D game. And a lot of the times, the people that we played with didn't know at the time until we told them later. Yeah. 
Uh, and that reveal is, like, the best thing ever. Yeah. Especially if it's something that they were already familiar with and could have recognized but didn't. Yeah. Um, I've plagiarized games from a couple movies before. Um, one time they didn't know I plagiarized was uh, I adapted the movie A Fistful of Dollars, like, the loose plot of that movie, to a tabletop game session. Basically, I didn't do a lot of the specifics, but just the overall premise of it. It was a, a small town sort of being torn apart by two rival gangs with the players taking the role of like the mysterious stranger who comes in and settles everything. And they didn't really catch the reference. I think uh, you just said something that's really important about uh, plagiarizing. Mm-hmm. Is the players should take the role collectively of the hero. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you're going to plagiarize a plot from something, you cast the players in the role of whoever the main character yeah. is. Um, and and also, like, changing the thing enough. Um, <laughs> like, the Fistful of Dollars session, mm-hmm. uh, the rival gangs, Tim didn't mention this, but they were rival gangs of ninjas. That's true, they were <laughs> rival gangs of ninjas. Uh, and that was, like, it uh, But it wasn't off. in an Asian setting, though. It was actually yeah. a western town. With two rival gangs of ninjas in it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a fantasy game. Like, yeah, yeah, you have fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, a thing I did years ago was uh, I stole the like the loose plot of an episode of Inuyasha I had watched years before. Uh, there's like a there was like a, a water demon who like the town was sacrificing its daughters to. Mm-hmm. And then it, like, came to the male, mayor's part, and, uh, yeah, but, like, the players took the, the role of Inuyasha. It's And true. friends. And but for, mostly Inuyasha. But mostly like, Inuyasha. That's an early episode, and I'm not gonna get into Inuyasha canon. I don't even know enough <laughs> about it. I've seen, like, up to that episode. <laughs> and that was as much as you could take? Yeah. That show's not my favorite. Yeah. Like, we both have known this. You've done this again very recently. Yeah, I did this again a couple weeks ago with my uh, most recent campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> you okay? Yeah, it's just super... Uh, so, um, I'm a big Resident Evil fan. Like, uh, I, mm-hmm. I grew up playing those games, and I have really fond memories of them. And I basically have... The first cutscene, like the intro, memorized. <laughs> um, so I ran a session for them that was just that. The intro to Resident Evil. And like the intro movie. And I kept throwing in hints, like uh, they went to uh, like a town like near the. I changed it to the the Barclay Mountains because, <laughs> like in Resident, it's the Arclay Mountains. <laughs> and uh, the person who is there, Wesker. Or, uh, is Albus Wesker <laughs> instead of Albert Wesker. And he didn't tell us the last name. I didn't tell the last name. Um, <laughs> and then they went and they, they met, like, the town doctor was uh, Dr. Rebecca Chambers. Just all these references <laughs> to this thing. And I think one thing that was great about that session, instead of stealing the the plot, <laughs> I stole specific events. You did. Like, um... They were, like, being attacked by hellhounds in the forest. We were. And uh, it was D&D next. Hellhounds are really tough. They are. So yeah. I had to have the NPC instance where, like, Wesker shoots one of the dogs as it's jumping towards Chris. <laughs> and is like, come on, run. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, and we then almost I... had uh, one of the, our party getting eaten by the hellhounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, they found the hand. 
like they found the severed ha- severed hand of one of like the team that came before them, <laughs> and I think Joe is familiar with Resident Evil One, and I think Paul is pretty familiar with Resident I'm Evil One. I'm not at all, but you are not. But I changed things just enough <laughs> that it threw them off. Like Joe was starting to suspect at the end <laughs> when they finally got to the uh, the mansion. The mansion, <laughs> and that's where the session ended. Um, but now you need a Resident Evil strategy guide to run the rest. Yeah, of so I can find out all the puzzles and put the pieces in. Um, I can't do that from memory, but I, I think the re- so this is one of the instances where the reveal was like, ah, I can't believe it. <laughs> it's true, which is probably the biggest payoff uh, for plagiarism. It it is, but I think I'm not maybe around or equally as good as when players know from the beginning that yeah. this whole thing is plagiarized and then get really excited to reenact it. I've mentioned this on the show before, but uh, one time I ran Die Hard. Yeah, I've talked about this, and I can't remember. I definitely didn't say up front that they were going to be in Die Hard, but I basically have the players were in the role of uh, John McClane, of mm-hmm. course. Like, you're going to be John McClane. Yeah. And they just, they were mercenaries, and their job was they just had to go to a party and, like, act as security. So they were at this party of nobles in this huge tower, like, full of merchants, and everybody's just chatting it up, and they don't really fit in because they're John McClane, and everybody else just works at the Nakatomi building. Yeah, they're all high-powered CEOs, and he's a down-on-his-luck cop from the Bronx. Yeah, so... After a little bit of mingling and of the players not really fitting in, the the tower gets attacked by Drow. Drow terrorists! Drow Hans Gruber. Which, he had a name. Yeah, I don't remember it exactly. It just we was just a Drow kept, name. That we just, kept referring to him as Drow Hans Gruber. That's just who he was, and it was fine. Yeah. And because we were D&D characters, we got to do more things than John McClane could, like... Uh, I think we talked about this on one of the episodes. We got to take the fight to them head on. Yeah, instead of having to be really clever about it, you just straight up battled all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, knowing up front that it was Die Hard made, like, it was you and Joe, and it made you two really excited to play Die Hard and, like, voluntarily buy into all the Die Hard tropes and, like, spout the one-liners and just... It really, it really engaged everybody, and like everybody had a lot of fun. But they, they knew it was ripped off from something, but they didn't care. Yeah, because it was a blast. We're all just having fun together as friends. The other instance I can think of that is uh, Rutgers Grimm saves Christmas. Yes, we've talked about Rutgers Grimm saves Christmas, but uh, this was another thing. It had the payoff actually in the middle of the session. What was the payoff in the middle? I don't. You remember. all realized that you. Uh, the payoff in the middle was, uh, okay, here's the story. Um, Rutgers Grimm was called to the small town of Hovel, where the town guard, <laughs> yeah, they didn't get that Hovel was Whoville <laughs> until midway through the session. I, I just, like, made, like, the, like, ah, motion. Yes, but completely silently. Anyway, they were called to the small town of Whoville, where one of the town guard realized that, like, the town had been, like, ransacked in the night, like, silently, and all the presents were stolen. And I suspected it that it was the Grinch. I kept asking it the whole time, like, it's the Grinch. Yeah. We're playing the Grinch, right? <laughs> yes. So, it turns out it was uh, goblins, and they captured some of the goblins and interrogated them to find out, like, who was leading their, their, uh, their raid on the town. 
And what sealed the deal was when they revealed it was a hobgoblin named uh, Grunch. Or was it Grunch? I think it was Grunch. It's just something like that. It was a different vowel sound, but the same name. <laughs> uh. I had like I had everything. I had a me had a sleigh with a direwolf with like the one antler like tied to his head. <laughs> I had this whole uh. boss fight set up, but uh, we've already told the story of the speech. Yes. <laughs> um, going into that with like knowing. Um, mm-hmm. I guess kind of like being upfront about plagiarism. Mm-hmm. One thing that somebody we used to play games with would do mm-hmm. was uh, anytime we would come up with something, he would like accuse us of plagiarizing. Yeah. And still to this day when someone's like, oh, it's like this thing, I get really like <laughs> mad. And I'm like, you will know when I am plagiarizing something because <laughs> I will fucking tell you. Yeah. So if you're playing in a game and you suspect that like your DM is plagiarizing something, just just, just go with it. Yeah, and, like, I think we'll probably talk about this. There isn't anything new. <laughs> like, stories have been told. It's sort of, like, now at a point where it's just combining elements of other things. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a quote from somewhere that's, like, there's only five stories in the whole world, mm-hmm. and each one just is a variation. I believe it. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't even realize where I was going with that. Like, just... Just don't do that? Yeah, I guess, but like, I I think it's better to to be upfront when you are plagiarizing and mm-hmm. when the players do know. Mm-hmm. Like the reveal is nice, but mm-hmm. if you have a character who is like, oh, this guy's Mo Sizlak, yeah, and you do like a Mo impression, <laughs> this is a thing that I did. Uh, <laughs> but I was upfront, and then there was one where it was like, uh, the baker of the town was like the Swedish chef. Yeah, like it's just it's a thing. Yeah, so we. Talked about a pretty wide variety of stuff that we've stolen from. So, there's no, you don't, absolutely do not have to limit yourself as to what you will steal from for your home yeah. games. Yeah, inspiration can, can come from anywhere. Yeah, like I've stolen from, like, movies, a lot from video games. I've, like, based villains sort of loosely off of antagonists from other things. Like... The main antagonist in the Rutgers Grimm game at the moment is basically just sort of a demigod version of Gideon Graves from Scott Pilgrim. And he's evil, but what makes you hate him is that he's an asshole. Yeah. So, by sort of stealing from this wildly not D&D thing, I was able to make, like, a really memorable villain. I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah. I just told my little sister the story of, like, the Rutgers Grimm season finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from, like, telling her about Zer's actions, <laughs> she hates that guy. <laughs> she does? Yeah, she was, like, so mad that, like, that's at a, at a, uh, like, a... Maybe we should tell that story. Um. It's not really the place for it, but maybe the Cliff Notes version? Yeah. Why do you hate that guy? Um, he... I, okay, I guess... I have to get a little into Rutgers Grimm. Rutgers Grimm is, like, a sociopath. Like, he just is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about things. But over time in the campaign, we got these two girls, Heather and Ellie, and they became, like, our personal assistants. Mm-hmm. And, like, so now we have this, like, nice little family who, like, <laughs> they help take care of the business and, like, do things. And, and like, uh, it was Ellie who got taken over, right? Yeah. And Ellie was, like, Rutgers Grimm's, like, buddy. Yeah. Like, she was, like, super enthusiastic for him. And, like She would, like... Make him desserts and things. Yeah. Like, get really excited when his books were doing well. She was, like, he was her hero, and he, like, <laughs> really, really liked that, because it fed his ego. <laughs> uh, and Zer took over Ellie. 
But there wasn't anything Rutgers Grimm could do to stop him. It's true. Zur is like a demigod-type spirit who, one of his main powers is he can't manifest in the physical world, so he takes people's bodies to do that. And he was defeated, and he was trapped inside a magic staff, and he manipulated one of the other characters into giving him permission to leave. And that's basically how it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so now the focus of the campaign has shifted from being, like, an episodic, like, adventure thing <laughs> to being, like, a, a narrative where it's, like, <laughs> Rutgers Grimm is seeking revenge and, and, like, finding a way to kill Zer. Yeah. And that came about because I ripped off this guy from <laughs> somebody else and, w- and would think, like, what would this character do that I based it on in this situation? Well, this character is like a, like a sleazeball who like manipulates people and is completely, totally self-centered. So he would... And he's also just kind of a huge jerk. He pushes people's buttons. Yeah. Like really digs into people and like finds what'll set them off and does it. So yeah, I'm going to take like one of the only people Rutgers Grimm cares about and use that person as like the vessel for his new body. And that pissed Rutgers Grimm off a lot. It did. Yeah. Also, he resurrected the Sorcerer Brothers. Oh yeah, those two sorcerers. As cats. As cats. Yeah. I spent a lot of time working up to the point where I could kill them. And you did. I did. I succeeded. And then friggin' now they're back. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, but they're back as cats. Yeah. You still made it to where they're cats. That's true. So it's not all. It's not all. They're familiars, which is why they're cats. But anyway. Oh, let's see. Um, I guess we can talk about, like, the use of specific characters. That's yeah. our next bullet point in the notes. To, uh, to blow the illusion of, like, preparedness and, like, spontaneousness. Uh, so, um, like I had mentioned before, like, I had someone who was just Moses lack. Yeah. Um, there was an adventure once where uh, I ran... They needed a boat, and so the crew of the boat... Was the crew from Firefly. I remember that. Yeah. And I got to be all of them. And yeah, and, and you didn't have to prepare because you're such a Firefly fan that yeah. you like knew all the characters. I knew how that. they would react and how so, they would do things. Yeah, so there was that advantage in that you didn't have to like flesh out all these characters yourself. And we still got the experience of playing with like a fleshed out cast of NPCs. It's just that Crispy didn't have to do all the work. Yeah. It was really good. Um and there were some really meaty, like... Some really good roleplay moments yeah. in there, too. Because the cast of Firefly are really complicated. They are. And so are we, as player characters. Um, and this sort of... Uh, this would file, I guess, fall under filing the serial numbers off. Mm-hmm. I've also had characters that I've played that are just... Almost rip-offs of other <laughs> characters. And we'll talk more about that later, but like... Uh, I was really into The Witcher at like <laughs> one point in my life. Yeah, I remember. So I made a I made Geralt of Rivia, uh, kind of. Kind of. He was very much like I, it was a Pathfinder game, and I realized that you realized you could make the Witcher. You could make a Witcher mechanically if you combine uh, this uh, the, the Magus, the Magus which is and the Warrior the, Mage. Yeah, and the Alchemist. Yeah, so you get like the potions that like beat yeah. you up. And you then get you the potions attacks. and their bombs and I think their oils, mm-hmm. and also you get spells and combat. Yeah, so you can be a Witcher. Yeah, um, and that character was inspired by that, but he was his own thing. 
Yeah, and part of uh, what made him interesting is because he was... Like, you took that character and supplanted him from his home setting to a new setting, it added new dimensions to his character. For example, that character is from a very grim setting, and he's put into a game that I ran, which means that he was in a more light-hearted, like, jokey world. So his grim, really, like, dark aesthetic and personality ended up becoming almost kind of a joke. Oh, no, I definitely, like, I played it up. Because it's <laughs> like, oh, this guy doesn't fit. <laughs> so I'm going to, like, just really increase the grim darkness of him. <laughs> like, so it made him contrast with, like, this really jokey, lighthearted world around him. And it ended up being really interesting that way. So, really just kind of taking a character and supplanting them from their own setting might end up, even if you don't change anything about the character, could end up making them different just because they're somewhere else now. Oh, uh, <laughs> or you can, like, say you need, uh, this is a new thing we didn't write down, say you need, like, a voice for somebody. Yeah. And then doing that voice, because it's so tied to their mannerisms, <laughs> becomes part of that character. Like, uh, yeah. like Chris Walker... Terrence's yeah. uncle? Yeah, or like Terrence and his voice being Patrick Warburton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, whenever I voiced my character Terrence, I just did a Patrick Warburton impression, like a loose one. But, like, talking in that voice sort of ended up informing his mannerisms and, like, the way he said things. Mm -hmm. and, and I stole a real person's voice to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same thing with his uncle. Like, he was just Chris... He, yeah, well, like, he the, was Chris Walken. Yeah, the the joke was that Terrence's last name was Walker, so uh, the idea of uh, a ranger named Walker didn't occur to me until much later. Like, that was a coincidence. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it was like, and his uncle, Christopher Walker. And it's like, the joke was, oh, it sounds like Christopher Walken. And then Terrence had an uncle that was literally Christopher Walken. That was really good, though, because, like, my Walken impression is way better than it used to be when I first started doing it. Because I had to be. It's true. I had to get good at doing walking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to do it now. Sorry. It's like 11 p.m. So. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. No, it's like midnight. Oh, wow. Um, you can listen to, like, episodes of Roll for Initiative that I've been on, because Nick and I will both just do... <laughs> we'll have, like, a walking off. <laughs> walking off. Yeah. Any episode of RFI that I'm on <laughs> and Nick is also on, we just... We do walking impressions. Mm -hmm. Much to Vince's chagrin. Uh, and so if you're, like, completely strapped for ideas for a player character, especially if it's something like a one-shot session, you could just, like, take an existing character and be like, and what if they were in a fantasy world? Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, plugging something on our website, mm -hmm. uh, I wrote an article recently that mm -hmm. is just, uh, it's an NPC voice generator that has, like... Impressions. Impressions. But, like... Uh, one of them is like Macho Man Randy Savage, and I talk about what if Macho Man Randy <laughs> Savage was a wizard? Yeah. And just imagine that. Ooh, you've come to me. I can't do it right now. I can't do it. It's too late. It's too late. Damn it. Hold on. Let me try again. Imagine Macho Man Randy Savage just being like, you fell. I can't do it. I can't. I cannot do it. You can't. I'm sorry. Ooh, yee. I can't. My voice is like not working. <laughs> Maybe you can do it later and then edit it in. <laughs> We can just keep all this in. <laughs> all right. Beyond the curtain. Sorry, everybody. Normally I can do it, but we did an episode previous to this, and mm -hmm. my voice is shot. Mm -hmm. And you can't just... You don't just have to do that for characters. Like we said earlier, you can do it for whole plot lines. You can do it for monsters, even. and Which is really helpful, because... 
play like you're if you're a DM and you need a new monster, if you just describe in your head what like picture the monster you're plagiarizing in your head and describe it, and the players will picture something else. Yeah. So, if for example, like you're in a dungeon, you're you're the players, and I'm the DM, and I tell you like <clears throat> you come across a hideous monster is like an orb of like stony skin with a humanoid face. And its craterous flesh constantly spews toxic fumes. Like, the player's gonna be like, ugh, that's gross, oh my god, horrible monster. And in my head, I'm just like, coughing! See? Like, I just described coughing. I knew that joke was coming because we talked about it, like, when we were preparing. Still funny. Yeah, and so... With, it's super easy to plagiarize monsters, because when you describe them, the players aren't going to picture the monster you're plagiarizing. They're going to picture whatever you describe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying... Like, now I'm trying to think. I can't do from Pokemon, though, because you just did that. So, uh, say, like, you, you walk into this uh, vast, empty chamber, and as you do, the door behind you closes. Mm-hmm. And you look, and you see uh, before you, maybe 40 feet... This towering stone guardian with one arm and one cyclopic eye. Oh, no. And uh, a, a grate of what looks like a, like the visor of a knight's helmet where its mouth should be. And it's sort of, it's made of like this uh, almost, almost cement-like stone. And as you walk up to it, it, it lifts its head and starts to tremble as... Jouts, or not jouts, gouts of steam start pouring from its limbs, mm. and its eye lights up a, a glowing bright red, and it oh, lifts yeah. its one arm, which is uh, it bent like an elbow joint, mm. and at the end of it is a, is a giant drill-like uh, hand. Oh. oh, once you got to the drill is when I finally realized. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first boss from Mega Man Legends. No, I thought you were, I thought it was something else. No, it's the first boss from <laughs> Mega Man Legends. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It totally is. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, see? You just, like, described something you've seen before already, mm-hmm. and suddenly you have this really cool, unique monster. Yeah. And you just, you can use the, the stats for, like, a Cyclops for that, or an Ogre or something, yeah. and the players won't know that it's not this completely unique thing. Yeah. And you don't even have to tell them. You have no obligation to tell them that you stole this boss exactly, from Mega yeah. Man Legends. Like, for me, the payoff of, of telling people... <laughs> It's really good because it like, it makes me feel smart. Yeah. It makes me be like, ha ha ha! I tricked you. <laughs> yeah, there's but, like, like that certain mischief to it. Yeah, but and you like, can keep it a secret. It's true, and there is something like kind of mischievous about like s- stealing and adapting stuff and seeing if people notice. Yeah, it's fun. There's just it that is. sort of added layer of like, are the players going to get what I'm doing here? But on the flip side of that, being accused of stealing when you haven't. Is really, really frustrating. <laughs> it is. Like, not just in D&D, but just in general. Like, whenever you describe something you came up with and somebody else goes like, oh, it's like this thing. That just feels shitty. Yeah, it's, it's not the best. Yeah, you know, it's like, no, I came up with this. It's not like that. Th- well, maybe it is, but I didn't mean to. And it's happened so much to me, and I've had such a negative reaction that when somebody accuses me of that, I don't have a nice, calm reaction. Like, I get super abrasive about it. It's true. And I feel bad about that, but, like, come on, man. Like, I can also be creative and come up with things. Yeah. If anything, it's a testament to you for coming up with this thing independently of having seen it. Yeah. So, take that, Darren. (laughs) 
<laughs> Darren. That person we made up in like the first or second episode. What blood Darren What Blood Dra is it Blood Dragon ninety five well, yeah, I think we came up with those two independently but then decided that they were the same person. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Dragonfire X ninety three. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's that's exactly <laughs> it. It's even the right number. <laughs> and the thing is, is that like Starting with stealing from somebody can really form the basis of a really original character that you're very proud of. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like Rutgers like, Grimm. Like Grimm. We, <laughs> talk, Rutgers we Grimm. talk about Rutgers Grimm so much. He's he's really important to me. <laughs> like, it's he just is. Sorry, um, <laughs> Rutgers Grimm is like this weird take on Sherlock Holmes. Like, yeah. that's what he started out being. Yeah. He was this like jerk, uh, jerky, uh, jokish Sherlock Holmes, and who was then, a coke addict. Who was a coke? Yeah, he was. That <laughs> hasn't really come into play, but like it's not. That's not important. He just happens to be a coke addict yeah. on screen. So he like well like because Sherlock Holmes was a coke addict. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like over time, he's become very different from Sherlock Holmes. But <laughs> the starting basis was like, oh, what if like. Sherlock Holmes was a sociopath who, like, wrote books about himself. In a fantasy world. In a fantasy world. They're fantasy books mm -hmm. in a fantasy world. Yeah, so they're double fake. <laughs> they're double fantasy. Mm -hmm. Like, the, he's got, like, mega dragons and, uh... <laughs> and tigers. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, what's that? There's no such thing as tigers. But they're, like, Life of Pi tigers. <laughs> yes, they're, like, made out of computer data. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. Um, I've done that too. Um, like, y you can use another character as the basis for your character's personality. Like, uh, I've talked about Miles before, but the basic concept behind Miles was that, in general, he was like a lighthearted shonen anime hero in a fantasy world, so he's already displaced. But in specific, he's the Dragon Ball Z abridged version of Goku. Like, down to the voice. Just whenever I roleplay as Miles, I'm just doing an impression of, uh... Who voices Goku in that? Masako X. Yes, I'm just doing an impression of Masako X as Goku. That's his, like, internet handle. I don't know his real name. Yes, it's actually, uh, Masako Xavier Davis. <laughs> like, like Donald Mildred Kojo? Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly, like, uh... uh Dwayne <laughs> Matador Kojo. <laughs> Dwight Mulligan Kojo. Anyway. Uh, um, yeah, so you can you can steal a character and use that as your starting basis. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, no. people back in the day would just play themselves, but in a fantasy world. Yeah. So, like, what's wrong with playing, like, a... Batman in a fantasy world. Yeah, you could be fantasy Batman. Yeah. You could be, like... You could uh, freaking be Mario if you want to. Yeah. If you want to be, like... If you're playing, like, a D20 modern game and you want to be, like, a portly Italian cheerful plumber, like, everybody's gonna, like, get it. But if you play that character seriously, you're gonna end up taking them in different new directions. Even exactly. though you're being Mario. <laughs> I think that's the important part to realize about, like, taking a character as, like plagiarism is you're gonna have you're not gonna go fight bowser if you're mario in d20 modern you're gonna no. go do other things yeah you're gonna go fight the mafia yeah uh, like you might fight a bouncer named bowser i hope so yeah <laughs> like, 
Man, you know what would be a really fun campaign? What? Streets of Rage. Yeah. Or, or like uh, Double Dragon. Yeah. Any like, of those. Final Fight. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they're all the same game. Yeah. But that's not it. You can use plagiarism as the basis for a whole campaign. Yeah. Remember? Demon Hunters in Canada? Demon Hunters in Canada. I want to play that so much. It's just, we were like, what if we wanted to run Buffy the Vampire Slayer? And we were like, okay, but we're none of us are actually Buffy, but it's like the same thing. It's like a prime time action show where we're in a modern setting fighting demons. And yeah, like it's a it's a, like a monster of the week episode. Yeah, uh, every show. every week we fight a new different monster as these modern characters, and we're like, oh, and it'll be in Canada. So like, demon hunters in Canada became this like interesting idea for a campaign. And we just like, oh, we want to play Buffy. Yeah, but oh. Like, Another uh, cool thing that we want to do, Transformers, the tabletop RPG. Yeah, except that that's not just taking Transformers and adapting it to like a fantasy setting. That's just literally we want to play Transformers. Yeah, Hasbro, please, <laughs> please write the D&D module, or not module, the, like, the role-playing game based on the D&D system. Yeah, we want to play in the Transformers setting as Transformers and like fight Starscream. Yeah. We want to play Transformers. Well, the the thing of how that came about is like, oh, it would be really cool to like run this, and then I just get to be every Decepticon and do all the Decepticon voices. It's true. You can do <laughs> all of them. I can do a majority of them, and also Optimus Prime and Jazz. Yeah, so we can meet Optimus Prime, and Crispy will be Optimus Prime, yeah. and I'll be like, oh my god, it's Optimus Prime. And like... Like, that's okay. not really plagiarism, though. That's more like playing in an established setting. Yeah. Because you're not really stealing it. You're just sort of, like, playing in it. That's true. I mean, there have been, like, there have been mech D20 games, but, like... Not Transformers. Yeah, not, like, Transformers R with a circle <laughs> around it. <laughs> yes. Superscripted R with a circle. Yes. God, I want to play that game so bad. But there's no no system for it. Yeah, like like what system are you gonna use to run Transformers? There's no official Transformers game, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to make my own Transformer and be a Transformer. This episode just became about us wanting to play Transformers. What were we talking about before? Oh man, you know what you could do? (laughs) What? You could have tactical combat, Mm -hmm. but instead of minis, (gasps) you just use Transformers (laughs) toys. You're like, oh, I use my action to transform into a car. And then you have to physically transform yourself into a car and set him down. And eventually somebody just walks in and we're just like running around with our Transformers toys. Like going like, pew, pew, pew. And then rolling dice every now and then to make it legitimate. (laughs) We were talking about stealing ideas from media to use for your own campaigns. That's what brought us here. Yes. Um... What else? what do we have written in the notes? Uh, Guardian Heroes. You wanted to like aesthetically like oh, look, yeah. when we were all knights. Yeah, we've talked about the Sega Saturn game Guardian Heroes because it's very important to us. It's so good. I I'm like pretty sure on one of the like really early podcasts I was like, oh, that game's on Xbox Live. Yeah. Go buy it. Yeah, it's probably way cheaper now. Probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Go buy it. Um. But yeah, that that game has like this really interesting aesthetic where it's like it's a medieval universe mm-hmm. but there are like robots yeah. and like still wizards and stuff yeah so you can be a wizard fighting a robot but it's not like what is this strange metal creature it's like oh it's a robot yeah mm-hmm. um and there are like there are orders of knights mm-hmm, like the right order and the, and blue, the blue order yeah 
Yeah. And then Valgar, he's the leader of the Black Order. And you have to fight Valgar sometimes, yeah. but he's actually not really a bad guy. Yeah. Like you find out later that he's been like lied to his whole life. Poor Valgar. Poor Valgar. You never get to play as Valgar. No, you never get to play as him. But... Well, he... Oh, in the versus mode. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> but getting onto that, like, there's... There's room... Like, we're not necessarily playing in that world, mm-hmm. but if you just lift that, like... Yeah. You can just be part of, like, the Green Knights, or, like, yeah. the Grey Knights, or something like that. And you yeah. can have, like, you have these already set up, like, orders, and you can sort of be like, the red guys are all about hunting down these things, and the yeah. blue guys are, like, peacekeepers, they're like yeah. the police. And the black knights are, like, the royal family secret police. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you can just take stuff from things you like, and then just use them. And that's fine yeah because you're only doing it for an audience of just a few people yeah and if you're already familiar with something you'll be like more comfortable using it because you already know about all this stuff and you didn't have to take all this time coming up with it like you just sort of change like sort of file off the serial numbers change a few dials and knobs here and there and it's as good as completely original yeah or like and you can do that with like your campaign world like with Greyhawk like yeah. use the like surrounding geographical region and just be like <laughs> oh Milwaukee is really uh Karamikos actually I think that's from Mistaro I don't know that much about Greyhawk admittedly um <laughs> Jeff the duchy of Jeff <laughs> I, th- I want to say that's a thing yeah. but like that's Milwaukee yeah or you can uh, even take like an established campaign setting and then just change the genre of it like, let's play Star Wars in a fantasy world. Yeah. Yeah, you can have, instead of the Death Star, you have, like, the friggin' giant Lich Tower or whatever that has, like, the beam on the top that can destroy other kingdoms. Man, you know what would be a great setting? What? Ronin Warriors. Well, yeah, friggin', you could just play Ronin Warriors. Yeah, like... like I want to play Ronin Warriors now. Let's use the D&D rules. We'll all be Ronin Warriors. We'll You're... transform into our armor and stuff with, and fight uh, monsters. With D&D next, with all the different, like... Fighter yeah, styles. Yeah, everybody can be fighters yeah, and be somebody really can different. Be, yeah, somebody can be like the archer one. Somebody can be like <laughs> Sage with the two-handed sword. Somebody yeah. can be uh, Ryo with the two-weapon fighting. Yeah, <laughs> and then be like a yeah, blast. yeah, Talpa's just the he's a he's a lich. Yeah, I think I can. Okay, so I failed at doing Macho Man Randy Savage, but I think <laughs> I can do Talpa. All right, go All right. for it. Go for it. It's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, you could just play Ronin Warriors. Doesn't that sound fun? That does sound fun. Yeah. I like, love Ronin Warriors. Think of your favorite thing and then be like, play that. Yeah. That, think of how much fun you would have. Or even playing in an established like, D&D setting. Like, mm-hmm. So D&D books, like in fiction, there's a lot. There is a lot. There's a lot. But uh, here's the thing. You don't have to use it. <gasps> you can just be like... Someone would be like, oh, we're going to play Forgotten Realm. And you're like, okay, uh, oh, can I, can I see your Ed Greenwood books? And then you, like, toss them into the fire behind you. <laughs> oh, poor Ed Greenwood. I, I don't have anything against Ed Greenwood. Like, <laughs> this isn't a personal attack on Ed Greenwood. I don't know the guy. Uh, but, like, you don't have to use any of the stuff that's been written. You it's can true. just be like, here's some towns, and here's how they get along with each other, and yeah, you here's can be some like, backstory here's stuff. Forgotten Realms. But Drizzt never existed. Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> yeah, you can have that. And nothing against Bob Salvatore. Uh, but the Drizzt books aren't very good. Oh. Like, and I say that as someone who read up until the Orc King. 
<laughs> Every book. I still own them. They are in a box in storage. Like, <laughs> I have a lot of frustrations with Drist on that many levels. Be- it's all its own episode, except that it would only be you because I never read those books, and I'd just yeah. be like, "Oh, really? Oh, really?" The whole time. <laughs> like, uh, should we go into like? Yeah, well, we've talked very thoroughly on the subject of you should totally, absolutely steal things from everything you like. Um, what time? What? How much time we got? Lunch. We're at like forty-six minutes. Ah, I think we've got plenty left to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, we've talked at length about how stealing is cool. And but we don't we don't advocate the totally awesome crime of robbery. <laughs> That's the a totally joke. rad and badass crime of robbery. That joke plagiarized from Futurama. <laughs> See, look, stealing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but the thing is, is that it's not always good to do. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of. It's a little vaguely defined as to when it is and isn't because we've just talked about all the reasons it's great and like how you it's hard to screw up, but it's definitely there definitely are times when you shouldn't. Um, for example, um, we said it's totally okay to steal things from your home for your home game. Don't steal things if you're not gonna if you're gonna publish it. Yeah. Like that's just regular plagiarism. That's yeah, that's actual plagiarism. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna like make a Greyhawk in space and just use all the kingdom names but slightly changed or whatever and publish it. That's just plagiarism. I've got it. What? Okay. It's okay to plagiarize when you're not selling something. Yeah. It's not okay to plagiarize something when you'll possibly be sued. It's true because that can happen. Your like your propensity to plagiarize should be completely dependent on how much legal <laughs> litigation will be involved. Yes, and it's okay to like adapt ideas from things and like put your own twist on them and make this huge hodgepodge out of everything you like, like we did with Skyworld. Yeah. Because we ended up making something that's very similar to all these things but sort of its own entity. But you shouldn't just lift things and then say that you made them. Yeah, like, don't, like, have a place called Waterdeep in your, like, published adventure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, generally don't do that. Unless you have the rights. Yeah, and, like, unless you're actually, like, writing an adventure for, like, Wizards of the Coast that takes place in Waterdeep, don't put Waterdeep yeah. in your adventure. And on the flip side, uh, if you are... Writing an adventure for Wizard of the Coast that's supposed to take place in Waterdeep? Don't not use Waterdeep because <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll get mad at you and they'll be like, I just wanted to be original. <laughs> I... <laughs> People come to expect Waterdeep in these modules, Johnson. <laughs> like, the, the, like the chubby, like cigar chomping, like Wizards of the Coast <laughs> editor. He's got like a mustache, <laughs> suspenders. <laughs> Damn it, Johnson, we're gonna write adventures! But, boss, I came up with this totally new place! (laughs) Damn it! The consumers don't want new things! They want Waterdeep! Get out of my office! I want a new adventure on my desk by Monday or you're fired! But, boss, we just released a board game all about the Lords of Waterdeep! Yes, and it sold a billion copies! I want photos! <laughs> photos of Waterdeep! <laughs> uh, we're, we're really dumb. 
Uh, so don't don't like do actual plagiarism is what we're trying to say here. I, and if you do like cite it in text and yeah. give like a, a reference number, like block quotes <laughs> with like the author and then the page number in parentheses. Yeah, yeah. Put it in your annotated bibliography. <laughs> yes. And another thing you shouldn't do if you're going to base characters off of existing characters. Don't go for anything well-known or overdone unless you're putting some kind of deconstructive or parodic twist on it. Okay, so here's my idea for this character. All right. right. He's a swordsman, right? Okay. With a mysterious past. Oh, oh. He doesn't know where he came from. R- really? Yeah. Uh, he's got uh, glowing green eyes because uh, he's, been in, he's been infused with the source of magic from the world. Oh. And uh, he wields a sword like mm-hmm. a katana. Uh, and it's super long, oh. and he's got flowing silver locks. Wait, and uh, and uh, he's hold. he's actually the best fighter in the entire world. Oh, oh hold, hold on. And uh, and then well, <laughs> here here's the thing that I want to happen. He discovers later on, and I need you I need you to put this into the game because oh. it's really important to his um. growth that he's actually a clone, and he was grown in a test tube, and his mother is like a, is like this alien parasite who tried to destroy the world, but he doesn't know that. He thinks that she's like this, the last of this ancient race of people called the Cetra. And his name is uh, Seth I. Roth. The I starts for Ira. Get out of my house. And that's what'll happen. Yeah, so... <laughs> Don't play Seth I. Roth. <laughs> Seth Ira Roth. Yes. Not related to David Lee Roth. Roth. I gotta find that music thing to edit in. <laughs> Don't be Sephiroth. Yeah. Don't be Drizzt. Don't be... Anybody who is overdone, played out, and if you do, do something original with it. Yeah, like, uh, like don't don't be anyone who's been in a, a like a major video game in the last like. Don't be Aragorn. Don't be Aragorn. You can be like Lancelot. That's okay. Yeah, because Lancelot is so kind of vaguely defined that you sort of have to like project stuff onto him, and yeah. that's gonna come from you. Don't be like uh, Froyo uh, Huygens. <laughs> Fro- I just pictured like Frodo getting frozen yogurt. It's like uh... getting a lot of it because he's a hobbit. Of yeah, course. of course. Yeah, <laughs> just one cup is enough to fill a grown man's stomach. How many do you have? I had four cups. <laughs> oh, the taro kind is really good. It is. Yeah, last time we went, we went to Yogurt Land recently, and we got the taro kind with mochi in it. Yeah, it yeah. was super good. Um, so, <laughs> we have it listed on here uh, as don't play well-known characters. And <laughs> under it, it just says, don't fucking play Drist! It's true, like, playing Drist is, like, the most tired thing in the universe. Yeah, it's, <sighs> like, <ugh. laughs> There's, like, just kind of the Drist disease after those books yeah, came out. Yeah, the two-weapon fighting drow ranger. Who is actually good and not bad. And, like, is struggling with his dark heritage. And everybody wanted to be Drist because everybody loved Drist so much. It's, it, like, it ruins playing, like, a good drow. Because it's, like, in essence, because of how prevalent Drist is, every good drow suffers <laughs> from Drist syndrome. Like, 
I think friggin' even Order of the Stick made a joke about that, whereas like, it, like some character tried to say, like there was a drow character, and it was like, oh, it was a drow character. He's like, no, it's okay. It turns out drow are entirely a race of chaotic good rebels trying to throw <laughs> off the, the image of their evil, of their uh, evil kin. But like all drow are like that. <laughs> like there actually aren't any evil drow. <laughs> Was the joke? Uh, like I, I don't, I, I don't know how you can play like a good drow anymore. And like it's a thing, people do it. Yeah, people do. I don't know. Like it's like, oh, I have to be extra good to make up for my dark heritage. Oh, I think it would be much more interesting to just play an evil drow. Yeah, who just, like is working. Oh man, yeah, that's be, that's be an asshole. Yeah, like you can still be good and be an asshole. It's true. Yeah. Like, be a drow that isn't trying to throw off the, like, image of his evil kitten. Like, be a drow is like, oh, all of you weak-ass homies get on my level. Weak-ass homies? <laughs> Did I just... Uh, anyway, yeah, well, that's how drow talk. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. They, uh, they have a, a, a specific sign language in their sign language <laughs> for weak-ass homies. Uh, that's gonna be on the internet forever. <laughs> oh my god, weak ass homies. Get on my level. All you weak ass homies, get on my level. Tim Jenkins, 2014. <laughs> it's on my tombstone now. That is definitely going in the quote database when I update Oh uh, yeah, that. it's like the first thing going yeah. in there. Uh-huh. Oh man. Yeah, so, and uh, don't take from things that suck, also, if you're going to plagiarize. Like, take from good things. Like, what are some things that suck? What are What's... not good things? Well, you think the Driss books suck. I do. I mean, no. Okay. I think they were good, but over time they got less good. Fair enough. That's my, my summation of my feelings on the Driss series. Hmm. What are things that are, like, bad but popular? That people might conceivably try to play in. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to narrow it down like that. <laughs> I'm playing uh, Nicole von Snookums. <laughs> Snookums for short. <laughs> like the Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. <laughs> Nobody's going to play a Jersey Shore character. Yeah, exactly. What are some things that suck that are... Popular that people... Popular. Um... That's the thing. Like, I am so, like, overly critical of things that, like, I actively look for the good things in addition to, like, the bad things. Like, uh, I don't think the new Hobbit movies are very good, but... They're like, not as good as the original Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they're, that's the thing, is the yeah, reason why... That's is the they, standard they said. They don't know what they want to be, like, if they want to be another Lord of the Rings trilogy, or mm -hmm. if they want to be for kids, like, the actual Hobbit book. Yeah. But I could see, I could see that sparking, like, a lot of... Uh, um, the two, like, hot dwarves. Yeah. Uh, so, Thorin and the other one. Uh, Keely? I think so. Yeah. Like, the dwarves that are, like, all young and fresh. Yeah. And, like, have only a little bit of beard. Yeah. People wanting to be those people yeah. in... And I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but... Yeah, well, it's like... But... But there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, like... No, I don't know. I guess we, we can't really say well, that, like... here's what... I think maybe the thing that is wrong with that is that you're not putting any work into your character at all. Like, not any, like, thought into how... Like, you're not bringing anything original to the table when 
the person who's running the game is spending so much effort, like, making this whole world for you to be in an adventure in, and you can't even muster the creativity to make one original character. Yeah. And that's its own conversation, I think. Do you think it is? I don't know. Should we have that conversation now? Might as well. Like, what conversation do you think we're going to be having? Um... Because I think it's like, plagiarism is definitely an effort-saving device, but... It's a springboard. Yeah. There's a difference between using it as a springboard to new original ideas and using it instead of coming up with new yeah. ideas. I think. Oh, I have an instance of, like, plagiarizing oneself, oh. and it's bad, and you can't come up with one original character. Oh. And sorry if you listen to this. Jason... Jason's wizard. Yeah, we talked about Jason's wizard in the reusing characters episode. Yeah, and I think like we we'd even said the same thing about like I said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You can't come up with one new character. Yeah, it's like come on, man. I'm like putting voices in there, (laughs) and I think I've done a pretty good job. I I don't get to play as a player super duper often, Mm -hmm. and I think like most of the characters I've played have been unique from one another. They have. Yeah. Like, you've had a couple of general archetypes you've kind of stuck to, but the characters themselves have been pretty different. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, you can play what you know. I've certainly had characters that are thematically really similar. Yeah. But each one still had their own, like, identity. And, like, I I love coming up with new characters. Coming up with new characters is fun. Like, (laughs) making characters builds character. (laughs) Didn't we say that in another episode, too? Uh, I said that years and years ago. (laughs) But we, it could have been put into an episode. I don't remember. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, like, stealing characters whole cloth in a D&D game when that's actually happened. Well, the thing is, is that it hasn't happened to us that much, but I've, we've, like, heard stories of it happening. Yeah. Like, nobody's ever tried to play Drist in one of our games. No, but like, people have tried to play Drist in other people's games. Yeah, like, you even had a game with, like, a good drow who, like, wasn't Drist at all. Yeah, she wasn't even good. She no. was, like, neutral. Yeah, she was just selfish and, like, self-interested and wanted to, like, not have anything to do with it. Yeah, that was a good drow. Yeah, that was a good drow. And it wasn't Drist at all. No. And we had... I don't know, just, that doesn't happen to us as much because we don't play with, like... Randos. Yeah, like, randos and, like, weird man-children as much. Yeah. We just kind of, like... We, like we're like we creative people. Yeah. I'm not, I hope it's not arrogant or a stretch for us to say that we are creative. And we like to be friends with creative people. Yeah. So it just doesn't happen to us as much because we like to play with our friends and our friends like to come up with new ideas as much as we do. But our friends also get as much of a kick out of, like, adapting existing ideas and, like, or just self-indulgently, like, referencing something from whole cloth and just having fun with it. Mm -hmm. Like, and the thing is, is that we say not to do these things, but if you do these things and you have fun with it and everybody has fun with it, then you're not in the wrong. You're not doing anything wrong if anybody's having fun. These are just our opinions, and, like, you can disagree with us. And just general guidelines. Yeah. Um, This is definitely something that I would like to receive a lot of uh, feedback on. I would really like to hear all the listeners' stories about stuff they've adapted and plagiarized. Or, like, I'd like to hear, like, the horror stories of, like, somebody's brought Cloud Strife on the table. Like, with the name Cloud Strife written right on the character sheet. Uh, we talked about uh, adapting things and like like uh, in the mailbag episode, someone was like asking me how to run 
Isle of Dread. And I was like, oh, I would, like, throw a storyline to it and make it, like, King Kong. Yeah. Like, there's, like... So that's another thing that we haven't really talked about and we didn't put in our notes, is adapting archetypal story. Mm -hmm. Like, uh... Like, sort of... Like, proto-stories. Like, like, example, like, making a story in the spirit of an existing story. Yeah. Like, when he said, like, when we were running a game sort of based on Guardian Heroes aesthetically... Like, we're not reusing any of the plot points from Guardian Heroes, but we're just sort of taking that general spirit of the story and using it. Yeah, or like King Kong. Like, <laughs> it's some adventurers, like, going to this mysterious island <laughs> to search for something. Yeah, or like friggin' Star Wars. Yeah. Like, an evil empire is built like an indestructible weapon, and like, you're a, a group of rebels trying to, like, destroy it before yeah. they can conquer the world slash universe. Well, even, like, like Star Wars is... Is plagiarism. It's, yeah, it's Star Wars is just the hero's journey already. And and uh, Akira Kurosawa's uh, The Hidden Fortress. Yeah. So that kind of goes into, like, there aren't any new ideas. Like, Yeah, so you might as well start with something you already like. Indiana Jones is just Donald Duck comics. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are on record as having said that they love the old Donald Duck comics. <laughs> and, like... There's it's... shit lifted whole cloth from Donald <laughs> Duck comics. It's true. It's... There's a cracked article you can find, just... Google Indiana Jones Donald Duck yeah. cracked, and I... It's probably the only thing that will come up. Yeah. Yeah. It's really and... interesting. But that doesn't make Indiana Jones bad. No. I love Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Well, not as much as you. I just kind of like it. What are you going to say something? I mean, like, it's partly because, like, uh, when I was a kid, we didn't have cable for a while. So I. But we had bootleg pirated copies of Indiana Jones. <laughs> huh. So you watch those? Yeah. I don't think I was allowed to watch Indiana Jones when I was a kid. Ah. I was one of those not allowed to watch things, kids. I'm sorry. It's okay. I like. I can just... watch anything I want now. Yeah. I, like, used to watch Predator and shit as a child. Yeah. Like. I wish my, I... My parental guidance was much less strict. Yeah. I definitely was one of the, like, you can't watch this cartoon because they made an adult joke that flew over your heads. Yeah. Well, like, knowing your parents from when I first met you mm-hmm. to, like, where they are and the steady progression <laughs> from them becoming less and less religious, yeah. or, like, and just kind of, like... <laughs> reverse engineering that and like just a like extrapolating way. backwards <laughs> yeah. it makes sense yeah if you assume that they've gone on a steady progression of becoming more open-minded and liberal if you extrapolate backwards of them becoming more close-minded and conservative the further you go into the past it totally makes sense it does ah yeah. do we have anything else to say on this um Aside from uh, me wanting to hear from people and their stories, we told a bunch of the stories of us plagiarizing things. Mm, I think this might end up being a shorter one. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, well, that's not bad. Like yeah. We just talk about something until we don't have anything else to talk about in terms of it. So, um, And this one was a lot more focused, I think. Yeah, we definitely talked about the one thing for the whole time, except when we took that break to tell the story about like why Rutgers Grimm hates the bad guy so much. Yeah. So, yeah, um, definitely we want to hear your stories, and we'll, like, put a little mailbag together and we'll talk about it. And I guess the message we have here is that it's totally okay to steal ideas from other people for your home game, because you can use them as a jumping point to, like, your own really original fun experiences without having to do a lot of work. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, other than that... Uh, oh, there's one thing we didn't talk about, actually. That? Is using things, like plagiarizing things that you know your players are not familiar with. Did we talk about that? Uh, a little bit, but I don't think we went in too in-depth on it. Yeah, well, it's just a little thing. It's just like, that's basically the, the gist of it. Is if you take things that you know your players don't know about... You'll be able to plagiarize a lot better because you can like lift even like more liberally from the thing because you know they won't recognize it. Yeah. What really sucks is when you have friends that are into the same things you are, or if you like something so much that you make all of your friends read it or consume it in some way, so then you can't reference it anymore. Yeah, like you could never steal Cucumber Quest. No, I can't steal like the Chapter 2 side story from Cucumber Quest and run it as a D&D session, no matter how much I want to, because I made all my friends read Cucumber Quest. Yeah, Speaking like- of making all my friends read Cucumber Quest... Um, go to uh, cucumber.ggdg.com. That's spelled a G-I-G-I-D-I-G-I-G-I.com. And read Cucumber Quest. It's really good. Because it's really good. Um, so for me, like, I'm, I'm lifting the first Resident Evil game as an adventure. Like... <laughs> That's, that's, like, that's an idea I've had forever. It's not just dealing with the general idea. you got, like, a whole mansion map layout full yeah. of puzzles and stuff. That's something we didn't talk about. You can use, like, maps and stuff yeah. from games. Yeah, or maps from old modules. It's true. Like, the Isle of Dread doesn't have to be the Isle of Dread. It can be some other island. You have yeah. an island map now. Castle Amber doesn't have to be Castle Amber. Like, it can just mm-hmm. be a castle. If you own, like... Arkham Horror or Mansions of Madness, you can take those maps, put your D&D minis on them, and fight on those maps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, like, so you, uh, taking things that, like, your, your friends aren't familiar with, you can really just kind of steal whole cloth. Like, yeah. I can take the, the, the mansion from the first Resident Evil game, mm-hmm. like, get the strategy guide, write it up into, like, this key's here, mm-hmm. this room needs the key from the other room. Mm-hmm. Like, you can take those puzzles and just have them. You could take things like a... You could have a whole campaign based on, like, Mega Man X. <laughs> it's true. Where it's like... Oh, you have to... Yeah, you have, like, the whole scenario set out. And you have to, like, oh, you have to find these legendary pieces of armor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you do, and... <laughs> You've got, like, the weather station and, like, the Arctic area and, like, the battleship. Yeah. have to fight Storm Eagle. <laughs> um, that's another thing we plagiarized. We we stole NPCs from uh, the D&D arcade games. It's true. Yeah. Like, not the, we stole the, the characters from them and made them NPCs. Yeah, we just took their designs and then, like, made a little story around them and made them NPCs. Yeah. Yeah. You can even, like, play the D&D arcade game if your players aren't playing that. Just take the story from the D&D arcade game. Yeah. Like, take the first beat-em-up level, like, and just run them through that. And at the end, they have the goblins on the war machine and have them, like, fight the goblins on the war machine. And after they uh, wear down all of his HP, and then you have the goblin be like, you're in for it now! And they're like, ah! And have them charge at the players and then, like, ask them all for saving throws. And, oh, they all mysteriously pass and jump out of the way and the goblin goes careening off the cliff. Or if you want to be an asshole, you can, like, make them legitimately have to make the saves. It's true. <laughs> or take the... Yeah, and, like, you can translate these instances mm-hmm. that happen in games or movies into game mechanics. Yeah, like when friggin' Albus Wesker shot that dog yeah. when it was running after me. Like, that just happened in the game. And, like, we were legit about to be murdered by hellhounds, so I was really grateful not to be murdered by hellhounds. Yeah. And even though that was, like, a quote-unquote scripted moment, 
It was still, it, even though it was lifted whole cloth, it didn't feel like it was lifted. Because, well, I, st- I still rolled. Yeah, you like, still rolled. He could have missed. <laughs> yes. But it was new to us. Like, it doesn't have to be new. It just has to be new to your players. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, that's just as good. And even if it isn't new to your players, if your players recognize it and are on board with it and having fun with it, that's just as good. Yeah. And even if some players recognize it and some don't, it's like, whatever. Just play and have fun, steal ideas you like, and tell us about it. And normally we post script things with, like, if that's fun for you, go ahead and do it. But don't fucking play Drist! Yeah, don't actually play Drist. Ever. Um, I guess we're coming out of the episode, so it's... Uh, Coming up, what did I say? On the episode? I have no idea. We're coming up on the end of the episode, so we should probably do our Patreon shoutouts. Yeah. Uh, this episode brought to you by Joe Richardson and John Venrick. Yes, our two lovely, wonderful supporters. We love you both so, so much. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Everybody else is listening. If you all gave us $100, we would be incredibly rich. It's true. I mean, a hundred dollars. Yeah, per episode. Yeah, all of our listeners, every last each one, one of them, them gives a hundred dollars individually. Each. Yeah, 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 yeah. We would be, we would live like kings. We would. And uh, so, if you want us to live like kings, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/CriticalWits. Right? Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna type that in. It's it's that's the website. I, I promise okay, you. Okay. Yeah, I'll believe you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's a good thing I edit this podcast. Yeah, so you didn't have to wait for the website to load like we did. Um, that's how much we care about you. We don't make you wait for us to load websites. But, yeah, uh, there are some good things. A uh, dollar per episode, you get to decide what we talk about. Yeah, you get a big poll with every topic we have lined up as something we want to talk about. And you get to vote on the ones you like, and whichever ones get the most votes, we talk about. Yeah. So go ahead and give that a look, see if there's anything you want, and uh, consider throwing us a few bucks. Yeah. And uh, now that we're done plugging everything we're up to, um, this has been the Critical Wits Podcast. And uh, I have been Tim. And I will continue to be crispy. I will cease to be Tim. Oh. So uh, join us next time to find out who I'll be next. Maybe I'll be Drist. (laughs) No! (laughs) No!